Hello, it's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. It's Wednesday, January 29th, 9 o'clock. So it's time. Hi, all you beautiful people. Thank you guys for joining me. I love to say you could be doing anything else, but tonight you're doing me. That sounds sexy, don't it? <laughs> I'm such a flirt. That's like, ugh, must just be genetically part of me. But anyway, it's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed and welcome. So first off, Three Cheers with Joy. It's brought to you tonight by Camarina Tequila and Diet Coke. Because I'm not really sure how much I want to drink, so I have them both with me. And I'm sleepy, so the Diet Coke might give me a little extra oomph to get me over this hour. Probably when my emotions start flowing, I'll be fine. But So I have Camarina Tequila with a little lime and Diet Coke. So first off... My first cheer of joy. My first cheer of joy is I'm noticing changes in my skin. And um, I don't know. Like, I, I want to celebrate it, but I'm terrified of it because I see it's almost like I can see overnight that I'm aging. And of course, I'm 50. You guys know that. But I can see differences in the way that my skin feels and um, the way that my wrinkles look. So I've been obsessing about it a little bit and I don't know why, but I'm going to celebrate it because at 50, if I'm just noticing differences, that's got to be something good, something yummy to celebrate, right? So I'm celebrating that I'm growing up and my face is changing to reflect that and just to remind me that, you know what? I am, I'm a whole woman, right? I'm not competing with the young ones. I'm not trying to be them. I'm, I'm a whole ass woman. So cheers to my wrinkles. They've probably been here. Maybe my eyes are different. Maybe the lighting, I don't know, but I'm celebrating growing up. So cheers to new wrinkles and being 50. That's my first celebration. My second celebration is you guys know that I've been looking on Audible for my books to be on Audible. Now, wait a minute. Let me back up. I had to record the books to submit them to Audible. And you guys know that I do all of my own shit. That meant I recorded it. I edited it. I had to learn so much about the editing system and I submitted it like four times. So finally, there was an email that said, more Virtues of Joy. The second series has been approved and they are, they're moving it towards production. So that's my second cheer of joy that one of my books has been approved. We have two out there that are waiting, two more out there waiting, but one has officially been approved. And if it's the second one and it's approved, that means that the first two uh, the Virtues of Joy and all the So the Weekend of Traveling Roses, they'll be approved too. So I'm very excited about that. So cheers to being on Audible. I'll let you guys know as soon as that pops. Always celebrating something. My third cheer of joy is that, fuck it, I'm going to do something easy. I've completed nine days of yoga in a row. <laughs> Nine days of yoga in a row, I'm celebrating that shit because that's a feat within itself. Like, remember, I went from no yoga for a few months to I just did the ninth day today. And it's made a difference in my thinking. Like, I really wish that you guys could deal with me on a daily basis <laughs> to go from not doing yoga to doing yoga. I go from flat affect nothing to all of a sudden I've got ideas popping like crazy. So cheers to nine days in a row of yoga. If you're interested in doing yoga, there's a great series on YouTube, Yoga by Adrian. She's amazing. I recommend it. And it's free because you do it from home and you can do it in your panties. You can do it naked. You can, however you want, roll out of bed. It doesn't matter. It's just that you take an op, you take the time to love and take care of yourself. So cheers to that. That was to nine days of yoga. So the first year of joy, I'm celebrating that I'm getting older. 
I'm a whole ass woman, got new wrinkles. My second cheer of joy was More Virtues of Joy. That's the second book is has been approved for Audible, so it's moving to production. That's a big deal because that book came out in 2018. And um, there's a lot that goes into reading those books and editing, doing the editing and shit. So whatever, I figured it out and it's been approved. So there's celebrations on so many levels for that. And the third was my nine days of celebration, celebrating my nine days of yoga, because it definitely makes a difference in my thought processes and how I move and how I see things, literally how I move and how I see things. So cheers to those three things. So let's see. We, um, let me back up a little bit to my Audible experience because you guys know now I have four books out. I've got The Virtues of Joy, More Virtues of Joy, and More Virtues of Joy 3. So I have those three. So that's 30 short stories, deliciously sexy, yummy, yummy, yummy. Like, Ooh, so those are out. And then there's a spinoff with Joy and one of the characters called The Weekend of Traveling Roses. So that's four books published since 2017. So I've recorded all three, all four of those for Audible in the past, um, gosh, probably six months, maybe. I started working on them because I wanted to get them done by last year. But um, I... Uh, it took me a little time because that's a, it's tedious. Like you literally, I have to read. And then let me tell you the fucked up thing about it. I'm reading them. And as I'm reading the stories, I'm finding errors. So that means I need to, I'm reading them. I find an error. I have to correct it in print. I've got to correct it in the ebook and I've got to redo it in the audible. Like, so that's been, and I realized that maybe I should read them out loud before I publish them, just so that I can hear how it sounds. Because if you guys don't know, I'm a very, I like for my words to kind of flow like honey. They're really sweet and yummy. And that's how I like for my words to flow. So I pay close attention to them. I don't like for them to be necessarily hiccups in them. So as I'm reading the books for the Audible, then I see it's a problem. Hi, Sherry. Hi, Varisa. Oh, hi, Sheree. I'm sorry, and Varisa. So uh, thank you. So um, that was a big deal. So I'm, I read the books. So I read the books. You read them. You go back. You edit them for errors. Take out the blank spaces, the errors, and then you submit them. And then you have to have to be within a certain decibel range. Now, keep in mind, I have no audiovisual background. So I taught myself all of this shit. <laughs> so I literally like, oh my God, I can't believe it was actually approved. So I had to go through for each one of them to, and then you have to have a certain amount of space between the beginning and certain information in the intro, you know? So it's really, if you ever listen to a book or audible, you'll know it kind of follows a pattern, which makes sense. So um, I was very pleased to see that the second one has been approved and I've gone through all of that. So, that, I mean, all of these things are celebrations for me because I'm learning every single day. So um, the fourth one, I mean, yeah, the fourth one, which is More Virtues of Joy 3, that one I've read and it's literally sitting on my computer, every single virtue waiting for me to read them. I mean, waiting for me to go through and listen and edit them. So I'll probably work on that over the next week. And so let me tell you the funny thing about listening to them after you read them. So for, for me, reading them already out loud blows my fucking mind. Because some of that shit be sexy as hell. Like, I'm reading it like, bitch, really? Like, that's where your mind was? Like, you can honestly feel like that? Like... I believe one of the stories in More Virtues of Joy 3, the character Joy was in a space that she was talking about how she was having this sexual um, encounter with three men. <laughs> three whole men, right? Three. So when I went back and was reading it out loud, I was like, bitch, you tripping. Like... 
I can't believe that's a thought that we have that we could manufacture. So it's really interesting to me to go back and read it because when I'm in it, writing it, it flows so well, like it makes sense. But then in my lucid mind, I go back and read it and I'm like, what? Three, not one, not two, three men. So that was really, um, just really interesting to me. Hi, Jeffrey. That's really interesting to me to be able to kind of go back, stand outside of myself and look at my work. So the fourth one is sitting on my computer. I need to edit that. I'm going to make that a priority because I feel like after the third set of virtues that I'm wrapping it up. I feel like I've done what I was going to do with the virtues. And so these three books, these three sets of short stories have probably wrapped up that part of my writing. For now, anyway, I don't know what's to come later, but I think I've, I'm at the end of that. So that's really interesting. So I've been processing that and Faceless Love and I talked about it a little bit because I see so many different things happening in front of me that it's hard to relegate myself to this space. And the, the good thing is that I wrote some really yummy shit. Like it's, if you haven't read them, mm-mm, mm yummy 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 right so and um shameless plug here i'll be in atlanta on march 28th doing a reading and book signing so if you haven't gotten your tickets go to eventbrite so joyce lynn wells the virtues of joy there's some free tickets out there and there's also some 20 ticket 20 dollar tickets out there so you know if you get the 20 dollar ticket you're gonna get the book at a better rate because it'll be more expensive at the event um but if you're gonna come i'd love for you to come that'll be freaking awesome so those are my three cheers of joy, and um, I'm excited about it. So that was my face is aging. I don't know if that was the first one. Yeah, my face is aging, and I can see it. And then the second one was, um, oh, my book was published for Audible. That was the second one. And I can't even remember the third one. I celebrate so much shit all the time. So I'm like, what was the third one? What did I celebrate? Oh, nine days of yoga. So those are my three cheers. And I hope you're celebrating too. If you have a cocktail, cheers to you. I have a Diet Coke. Whatever you're drinking tonight to celebrate, have at that. All right. So that was just me giving you some background of what the Audible looks like. So when you listen to your Audible books, you have to think, whoever is reading the Audible, they put a lot of time into it. There's a lot that goes into the editing. And I'm really just pleased to know and to say that, you know, I did it. And man, never underestimate yourself. There's never, remember last week we talked about quitting. The only way that you quit is death, right? You don't just get to quit. So, um, those are my three cheers of joy. So cheers. Now, I I don't know if you guys can see. Let me say this first before I forget because I was thinking about it. So you see my hair. I got these beads in my hair. My grandbaby put them in my hair last night. So I've been wearing them because she was so excited. that she, she has beads in her hair, and she says her hair is like mine. And then she added beads to my hair last night. So I've been wearing them because she put them in there. It's a couple in the back, too. So... You know, it's, she's three, and she's so freaking sweet. Can't even be unhappy about it. She's adorable. So that's for Ari. So yay, Princess Ari. One day she'll look back on these videos and be like, my grandma was on some bullshit. Whatever. It's my legacy. Um, so let's see. Let's look at um, my Facebook post of the week. I really, my Facebook post of the week, you guys know what it is because we've all experienced it together this week. And um, I'm going to start with this one first because I think it's tedious as fuck. It says, this is Emmett. He's in one of my groups. His name is Emmett Adams, and he is hilarious. He's from New York. He's a hilarious New Yorker for sure. He posted, if someone doesn't text you back within an hour or two, they are ignoring you. No one is without their phone for hours. And he, he didn't say this to say it. He just said, is this true or are people busy? And I was like, please don't start this shit for the attention de uh, deficient folks. Like, damn, give some people some time to exist. Like, I was like, if somebody don't text you back in an hour or two, maybe they actually doing some shit that's meaningful. 
<laughs> maybe they're engaged in something that has their undivided attention that means they're going to move forward with it, like just a part of their path. Like, damn it, maybe they're working on building an arc. Who knows? But people are so attention starved, they want you to respond immediately. And why? You ain't even got shit to talk about. So I said, oh, God, please don't start this. And he was like, well, I was just asking a question. I said, I know. And I was just saying, please don't give the attention deficient people something else to hold on to. Some fucking time you got some shit to do. I know every one of y'all listening to this podcast right now has some shit to do. Have some shit to do. Everybody has something to do. Nobody is without something. If you listen. Honestly, if you're dating somebody or in a relationship with somebody and you text them any time of the day and they text you back immediately, go date somebody else because they ain't doing shit. Nothing substantial, nothing significant. Go get somebody else. So I was just thinking like people really expect there to be a this instant gratification moment and we can't have that all the time. Right. And so and now I can say this, but I had to learn that myself. Like I because I'm like, if he doesn't respond, he doesn't like me. Oh, my God. But you know what? This is what I have to remind myself about the guy that I'm dating. He like manages so many people in a day. A budget of millions of dollars like he's got so much shit to take care of on the globe. That when I text and say, what you doing? <laughs> He's like, what the fuck you think I'm doing? I'm at work. Like what? But he doesn't reply like that. So he may not reply until later. And he'll give me heads up like, I'm in a meeting today. We got people all over the country. It's going to last about seven hours. He gives like these leaders to be like, okay, okay, okay. Right? So we have to appreciate that people move the way they move. We can't put our bullshit on them. We say that every week. So I love that post because we have to understand that people really expect you to respond immediately because they text. Sometimes you can't respond immediately because they text. Hell, how about this? Sometimes you don't fucking want to respond. How about you pick up your phone and look and say, oh yeah, not right now. And you should be given that opportunity to do that without somebody trying to make you feel bad. So that was my Facebook post of the week. It's like, no, it doesn't matter how long I'm without my phone. If I choose my time to be in my space without responding to you, respect it. If you can't respect it, then keep it fucking moving. But you don't get to hold me hostage by your expectations. So that was that. So I love that post. I thought it was kind of funny because... I know that me and um, uh, Faceless Love, we he, shit. He texted me one day. I hadn't. I didn't respond all day. I was asleep, watching TV, shit, chilling. Y'all know last week when I wasn't doing nothing. He texted me. He called me later. Was like, "What's up?" Nothing. <laughs> I ain't doing shit. But it was just that it just was something that I I wasn't paying attention to my phone. So. You can't hold people hostage to that shit. You got to respect people where they are. and You have to give them their time to be where they are. So don't expect people to respond to you immediately. If people can always respond to you immediately, they need some shit to do. I'm just saying. Anyway, so that's that. Uh, so Sheree, you're in Atlanta. You should come. Please come to the event. I'm going to, um, I'll post the link in um in this feed so i'm gonna do that now while i'm talking so um the other thing my other facebook post of the week you guys already know what it is it just fucked my heart up this week and um i'm gonna post this link in here too so you guys can get your tickets so let me do that right now so sheree it's march 28th and it's in atlanta so I'm looking for it because I'm trying to waste time while I'm looking for it because I want to make sure I post it so you can get your ticket. So um, 
All right. Yeah, there we go. Okay, I'm posting it. Used to those three things. That's me talking. Okay. So I posted it in there. It should pop up. All right. So my other Facebook post of the week is something that really had me jacked up. So Sunday, I don't know. I always expect people to be looking at my Facebook. Didn't we just talk about that? Responded immediately. So I had a little dancing episode to this Erica Badu song that is the bomb, right? So, and then after that, I got the uh, message that there was a crash, helicopter crash, and Kobe Bryant died. And that just kind of put me in a space. It put me in a space of Kobe Bryant died. We all look at Kobe Bryant as like some amazing, greater than life figure. And I'm, I'm looking at Superman on my shirt thinking Superman, but I think that was somebody else that called himself Superman. But we all looked at him as somebody so powerful. And then he had to subject himself to the ultimate, the ultimate satisfaction of living death. And so I took a few minutes on that on Sunday. And this isn't processing everything that came after the whirlwind of information, the fact that his daughter was in the helicopter and seven other people and not that because I don't follow his daughter. I don't get into the personal lives of celebrities. That shit means nothing to me. The, I don't idolize people. They're humans. I can look at their skills and qualities and gifts and think they found it. They're showing it. They're, it's on exhibition for us to understand. I can look that way, but I don't delve into people's personal lives because I, I, they're people. They, they're people. They die like I die. It doesn't matter how much money they have. They die. It, nobody gets to live forever. Like, the hands down, that's the rule of living is you don't get to live forever. So, you know, so there is a place in me that understands that other people lost their lives as well. But the person that I knew from TV, from, yeah, from TV, from social media was Kobe Bryant. So Kobe Bryant died and um, I thought about it for like 15 minutes. And I called Faceless Love actually, cause he was playing golf and I was like, hey, I think he had just finished. And I was like, dude, you heard that Kobe Bryant died. And so he and I took a minute to just kind of exist in this moment of, is this for real? Like we existed in this moment together. This is one of our great tragedies that we'll talk about, you know, whatever, it'll come up again. But we had to kind of sit there in silence on the phone that Kobe died. And I sat there and I thought, and I always think, but I think in terms of death, just like I think in terms of living, I think in terms of death. I don't think in terms of living forever. I don't think in terms of being immortal in flesh, maybe in contribution, in gift, and what are you supposed to do to move a nation forward? So as we're sitting there silent and thinking about it, and it was news to him, but I had already seen it, so he had a moment to think about it. As we're sitting there processing this together, I told him, I said, babe, I think this explains it. And he said, explains what? I said, how Kobe lived the way that he lived. And one of the, I'm not even a big basketball fan. Like, that's not my thing. I'm not, I'm not I ain't pulling out no Kobe jerseys. I don't have any stats for you. I don't have any of that. What I do remember about Kobe is that he lived selfishly. When he did what he did on the court, he was about winning. He was about being great. He was about being, being. So when I thought about that, I was like, I wonder if him being great if his making a mark, if he was making that impact because there was something in his life, something in him that said, I'm going to max out for the time that I have. I mean, he's 41. I'm 50. 
right? So I'm 50, he's 41, his time is wrapped. But he lived and worked, his work ethic was crazy. And you guys know that they would talk about how he would play a game like he was by himself. That's who Kobe was. So it's almost like if you knew that you had five more years to live, what the fuck would you do in those five years? Would we hold ourselves hostage by fear? Would we hold ourselves hostage because we want to quit? Because we can't forgive somebody? Because we can't forgive ourselves? Because we can't... Like, what is it that we would do? What would have to happen for us to fucking live for five years? And I love that. When I thought about that shit, I was like, babe, I think Kobe played hard as a motherfucker because he, he didn't necessarily know his time was limited. He made the most of the time that he had, right? So he didn't know his time was limited. He just worked his ass off for what he had. And I resemble that. Like, that's me on a daily. Because I'm like, I deal with motherfuckers every day that's got a problem with how I move. And I'm like, why? It ain't got nothing to do with you. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to blah, 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 blah. Right? That's me. And I was just sitting there like, he was bad as hell. And nobody's going to question whether he was bad, or he bad as hell. It wasn't like, well, I'm going to chill so I can give such and such a spotlight. I'm going to chill so I can give such and such a spotlight. I'm going to chill because the coach said I'm this. I'm going to chill. He didn't give a fuck about none of that. Kobe was Kobe and Kobe did Kobe. So when Kobe died, his mission was done. His mission was done. He was done. Now, the other people on the plane, I don't know. I never watched them in action. On the um, helicopter, I never watched them in action. I don't know. I have nothing to say about the other people other than they died too. Because I don't know if it was unfortunate that they died because death is a part of life. I don't know their missions. I don't know how they present it. I don't know. Like, none of that stuff I know. I'm only speaking from what I think I know or what I have ascertained from hearing about and watching Kobe. So Sunday was a bit difficult for many of us because we had to wrap our minds around the brain that somebody that we saw as immortal, invincible, shit. We saw he died. Like that, he died. That was it. So you have, that brings me to think, what the fuck about me when I die? Have I done, am I doing enough every day? So when my time comes to present my arc, have I presented my arc? Like seriously, have I presented my arc? Am I going to die without presenting it? Am I going to live like tomorrow is mine? No, I got to live like today is mine. I got to live like everything that happens in this day belongs to me. And I love the fact that Kobe was a motherfucker. I ain't, I don't have, I ain't got nothing negative to say. The greatest thing that will happen for all of us is that we'll die. <laughs> I know it's not funny. That's a quirk I got. That's the greatest thing that will happen to all of us. Because when we are selected, when we are chosen to cross over, we're also reminded that our contribution to this earth is done. Done. Our physical contribution, our spiritual contribution will live on, but our physical is done. That's the greatest gift that any of us can give. So we have to make sure that we make the most of all the time that we have. So I'm telling you this and I'm thinking like, one of the things that I found out about myself, and I was talking about that this morning, is that I, I miss, I don't have that piece of me that feels sorrow. I, I don't have the sorrow piece. And I had a conversation about it this morning, and I'm not sure why I don't have the sorrow. I just don't have it. 
I know that in my mind, I believe that everything I choose has a consequence or something attached to it. So before I choose it, I'm already accepting whatever's coming with it. So I think that's just the way my brain works, whether that's good or bad. I'm not saying change the way your brain works. All I'm saying for me is like, I don't have a sorrow place. I, I just, I literally don't have it. Stuff happens and I'm like, okay. And then I may ask a couple questions. Like, that's it. I believe that when we, when people make choices that give them, that puts them in negative situations, when we offer our sorrow, we're reinforcing their idea that they shouldn't be consequenced for their fucked up decision. You should be consequenced for your fucked up decision. My sorrow, I feel bad for you. I'm sorry it happened. This, I'm trying to talk you through it when ultimately it goes back to what the fuck did you choose? You chose this. You chose it. This is your consequence. Now what? So that's a really, that's a difficult place. And if you have people in your life that don't have a sorrow, that don't offer any emotional response to fucked up shit, a lot of times y'all look at, people look at them as cold. They don't, they don't, they're cold hearted. They don't have a heart. They're bitter. They're this, that's not it. It's kind of like, what the fuck do you want me to do? Like when you were going to rob the bank, that shit had nothing to do with me. And now you robbed the bank and got caught and got to go to prison. It still has nothing to fucking do with me. Like, why do you want me to give you an emotional response for some shit that had nothing to do with me? The only time that I can really feel a softness or a, desire to fix is when I'm dealing with children. When I'm dealing with children because they have no control over the shit that happens to them. Not, let me say, they have no control over the shit they have, right? Happen to them. So I can feel something towards the kids. But I feel it, not in a bless your heart, but more so in a, okay, so let me tell you what you need to do next. Solution. Because I don't think it benefits anybody to stay in the yucky ass space of nothing. If you, I think a few months ago, I had a conversation on Facebook talking about my own emotional abuse going, growing up with my mom and my dad and other adults in my life growing up. But if I know there's something better, why am I going to stay in the yucky of some shit, right? So that's how I usually try to address even the kids when they tell me they're in foster care. Well, I'm in foster care. Really? Okay, so that's awesome. So you're in foster care. How many other people live there? Like, so it's a positive conversation to touch the spaces that they don't know or nobody's ever touched for them without somebody feeling sorry for them. And hoping they had something different without offering anything, just a blind kind of yuck. So that's a big deal for me. And I don't really have that sorrow. I literally don't have a sorrow space. I thought about it all day. I talked about it this morning. And I reflected on some situations that I've been in where my kids will be like, you act like you don't care. What am I caring about? Like, what am I caring about? What does that mean? What do you want me to do, right? So I don't have that. And I was talking to um, Faceless Love, and we were talking about it. And he was like, that sounds like me. He said, I've been ridiculed for years. I've been put down for years because I'm so matter-of-fact in my response in situations. And maybe that's the balance. Maybe there are people that have to be, matter of fact, everybody can't lose their shit in a situation. Sorry, we all can't lose our shit in a situation. Maybe there are those that can and then those that creates a balance. But 
I can't. When I remember my Aunt Julia died several years ago. And I knew, like, I knew she was dying. We all knew she was dying. And this is when it first hit me, like, bitch, you tripping. My Aunt Julia was dying. I knew, we all knew. We watched her demise. We watched her go from strong and walking and upright to, do, you know, doing everything she wanted to do to getting weaker, falling, breaking something, being on bed rest, deteriorating. And she was older. We watched this process. And on the eve of her funeral, I was looking around at everybody and they're crying. And I was like, what the fuck are y'all crying about? Like, what is this? Like, my mind literally didn't understand what the tears were for because she had been fucking miserable for months. Like, she had been miserable for months, not being able to move on a feeding tube like she had all this and finally she succumbed to death and everybody's crying and weeping and, and i was sitting there like am i what the fuck am i on the page that nope i must be on a different page i didn't understand it so a couple of things happened for me with that experience is that i recognize that how much i appreciate the idea of death but even more so the idea of life, of living. Those are things that I recognize. And that became very important to me. I, I have told my kids, hey, when I die, cremate me. I want you to put me in about four different places. I want y'all to fly together and spread my ashes here, 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 and here. Party time. That's me. I, that's me, like, because I recognize when it's time for me to die, whether it's tonight in my sleep, in the morning when I get up, whenever. My time to die is my time to die. It's also my time to say that I've contributed everything that I'm going to contribute to this life on this side. So I don't, I just really can't tap into my sorrow. And I've tried. You know, I'm like, I watch people cry and I'm like, maybe get some tears. <laughs> I can't do it. Even when I was thinking about Kobe, I was like, I feel like I want to cry. Nope. Okay. I just can't do it. So I have to just that to me is just really interesting, the dynamic. And one of my Facebook friends, we he's I think he's a little younger than me, but he buried his mom this week over the weekend. And he made a post something like, the gentleman that he was when he laid his mom to rest. And I could totally respect that because that's the thing that you want to believe. Like I was so, I was in such a good place when I said goodbye. I was in such a good place when I released my mom or my dad to the other side. Like that says a lot about, your thought processes on living and on death. So, you know, that's just my little thing I wanted to add. So um, Larry said, life is like a time clock. Everyone's, oh, everyone has a moment and there's a time for each and every one of us. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And our time is our time. So we can't get in a mind space that we're going to live forever. I Hey, if I don't live after Wednesday night, this is going to be the last shit y'all have. Y'all going to be like, I can't believe this bitch was sitting up here talking about death and now she's dead. But don't forget she want her ashes spread. <laughs> don't forget it. Like, that's just like serious stuff. Like, what did she do that was good? How will she affect everybody else? So that's my thing for Kobe. It's like Kobe lived a great life. He set a great example of taking advantage of every moment and every opportunity that you have. And I appreciate that from him. Even though I say I don't idolize or covet or follow anybody, athletes, entertainers, I accept them as they are. He's an athlete. She's an entertainer. I, I can't get lost in somebody else's shit when I believe that God has placed me to be here on my own. And my own is in a different space of existing. 
So Varisa said, being in a place is a blessing in itself. Everyone may not cope uh, with death like you. Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying, Varisa. That's the thing that I'm saying. I don't have that place where I see people. I understand. I see it, but I can't. I don't have it. So I totally agree with you. That's why I said earlier, I'm not asking anybody to change anything or to do anything different. It's it's a balance. It's of how everybody process. It keeps a balance of energy. It keeps a balance. So I was just sharing that I don't. I absolutely don't have it, and I. I don't even think that my oldest child probably doesn't have it just because of the way that we've interacted in situations. But you're right. You're absolutely right. I totally agree. And that's why it's almost like when people understand who they are and how they process, it makes it better for them in the path of processing. And that this is absolutely the person that I am. I just, I just don't have that place of sorrow. My, um, I don't even know if I should say this because my dad went to the hospital with some chest pains on yesterday and he'll be there for a couple of days. He's having some tests. And uh, I was like, so I got that we're in a group message, of course, and they told me and I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, right, like, okay. And so, you know, I'm looking at the messages from my brothers and my sisters and they're like, you know, I love you and they're doing, you know, and I'm like, he knows, he knows I love him. Like, do I have to say that now? Like, I didn't feel the need to do this thing because I'm. my thought is loving the people the way that I love them is enough. Like, I, loving the people the way that I love them is enough is what they need to know from me as far as loving them, right? Like, I don't, I love genuinely and I love honestly. And I don't feel the need to, do some extra like I don't I just don't feel that need so my stepmom made a request that we don't share the fact that he's in the hospital on Facebook and I was like okay well keep it a secret shit I mean I don't know like what what do you want me to do he's on Facebook he's got friends on Facebook I'm on Facebook all of us are on Facebook but now all of a sudden the fact that he's in the hospital it's a secret or it's an, I don't know so I'm like all right whatever and so he and I had a conversation tonight and I'm like, okay, dad, well, let me know in the morning how everything goes. And he sent me a picture of himself and I sent me a picture, I sent a picture of me. But I just don't, my dad has lived like a really good life. I feel like I've lived a really good life. My mom has lived a really good life. So I just don't have that. I don't have that fear of the afterlife. Maybe that's it. So I'll leave that leave you guys with that because you're probably like this bitch is crazy but i mean it's true and i told you guys i'll be transparent that's why i do the joy exposed to be transparent to be open about me and my thought processes on situations and when i i know that when i die that means my time is up ain't no way no sorrow in that ain't no sorrow there'll be no sorrow in my death there's because i'm trying every day to max this shit out like every day Every day I'm trying to max it out. What can I do next? What can I do next? What can I do next? I don't I don't want to have where I can't. So so rest in peace, Kobe, his daughter. I I forgot her name. I think it's Gianna, maybe. So rest in peace. All of them, all nine of them, including the pilot. So all those families and people are connected to them. And I'm sure they're having a tough time trying to figure out what to do next and what they could have done different to avoid such a fatal outcome. The outcome is the outcome. And um, the outcome is the outcome. And we have to trust that the outcome. We're only human. We're humans. And we have the ability to see what's in front of us. We don't get to see everybody's everything. So we have to trust that. We have to trust that what our what we have access to is enough. All right. Oh, I'm back. I don't even know what happened. I hate Do those damn trust the technical issues. I mean, that was me, sorry. So I'm uh I'm back. 
and let me share this again. I guess I have to put these together on my um I have to put these together on my when I blend the video. Anyway, so let me just finish up. So I'm thinking that maybe I was being too morbid on my last post. <laughs> well, I was talking about death. I was being too morbid. So I gotta clean it up because the universe didn't like that I was talking about how um I just don't access that part of me. So anyway, there's definitely a total respect for death. So I'll give you that. So that's how I'm going to end it. There's a total respect for death. I feel um, honored to be alive during the time that Kobe lived and showed us his showed us his skills and his greatness. So that's definitely an honor for me that I was able to witness that. And um, he'll live on, like long beyond either one of us, Kobe will live on. So um, that's how I'm going to go with that. So anyway... So that's it. We have about nine minutes before we leave. So I'm going to talk about something kind of funny. Two things. So one, the first thing is, you guys know, I'm always on a fucking budget. Like, I always watch money. I don't spend a lot of money. It's probably one of the greatest things that I could offer in a relationship. <laughs> that I don't spend a lot of money. I'm always on a budget. I watch the pennies. Well, anyway... Um, Faceless Love bought a new Yeti. So we all, I always have a Yeti because I always carry a cocktail or something with me. So he bought a new Yeti and I loved it. And I said, ooh, I want one. He said, all right, we're going to get one. We'll get one. We're going to store. We're going to get you one. I wanted you to get the color you want. So, you know, it was a whole big thing. So we go into the store and I saw how much the Yeti cost. And I was like, I'm not getting that's too expensive. He was like, babe, get it. I was like, no, it's too expensive. I'm going to get this one. I get a top, and it's still less expensive, and it's got the top on it. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So he he has his Yeti, the new Yeti. Then I get this other thing. I'm not even going to tell you the name of it because I'm not even hating on the company. But mine came with a top. He He got a top for his. And I still turned down the fucking Yeti. Let me tell you something. For all the money I saved buying this fucking cup, I've wasted it in liquor. <laughs> I literally wasted it because it's not spill proof. So I can sit it somewhere to roll over. I'll waste liquor. So last night, <laughs> I sent him a message and was like, run me my shit. I want my Yeti. He was like, well, if you get it now, it's going to come from somewhere else. I was like, then I won't eat, but get me my Yeti. <laughs> get me my shit. And I told him, you know, he makes more money than me. So I'm like, you know, this is better product. You got to be like, get this shit and stop playing. I, I'm, I'm holding him responsible for not taking the lead on that. And that's how I stand. <laughs> so anyway, I'm getting the other Yeti. Because this one, as a matter of fact, when my camera just went out and I went to sit up, the damn thing spilled over. I got tequila all on my butt. Now I got a wet ass sitting on the bed because I got a cheap ass cup. I should have had the Yeti. It wouldn't have wasted. So that's on me. But I'm learning. And I'm sure my saving money, my thriftiness is a good quality for him that just didn't pan out in that situation. So just wait, I'm going to get my Yeti. So that's that. Anyway, the other thing is a dear friend of mine that I used to work with, her name is Lisa, Lisa Eaton. She went home and she went through her dad's books. And she posted several books asking anybody if they wanted books. So, of course, I was looking at you guys know I love books. I'm a that's me. I love books. So I am. So I go through. I'm looking at, you know, what the titles of the books are. So the book I chose is called The Man with the Hoe. <laughs> Of course, I know it's not the man with the whore. I understand that. 
but now we use the word whore so casually that it's hoe. So the book is called The Man with the Hoe and Other Poems. <laughs> so the beautiful thing is it's autographed by the author in 1930. So 1930, and it was copyrighted in 1899. So I haven't read any of the poems yet about the man and the hoe or any of the other ones. So I figured I will uh, wait just in case it's got some bullshit, racist shit in here. Then I know how to process it before I share it with everybody else. <laughs> but I thought the title was cute, The Man with the Hoe. I might write a poem. The man, I might write a book, The Man with the Hoe, right? So that's came from Dr. Eaton, and I'm very pleased that she sent it to me. I was able to get that. And uh, it lets you think about, it makes you think about in 1899, 1898, what people were actually thinking about. Because I'm sure it's not a lot of men out there that's writing poems about they hoe. Now, they might be writing a poem about their whore, but they're not writing a poem about they hoe. Because people are not really working in the gardens like that anymore. Unless you know, unless they are, but otherwise it's more so a hoe than a hoe. So I just thought that was funny. And when I, I'll read a couple of poems and let you guys know what I think about the book and poems written in the fucking 1800s. That's going to be hilarious. So that's that. All right. So don't forget any of my past episodes, you can download Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio, YouTube. I need subscribers on YouTube. I appreciate you guys so much. My videos are taking off really nicely, so I would appreciate any more of the support that I can get. If you're in the Atlanta area on March 28th, come to a reading. They're fun. Vaughn, I see you on here. I hope you come and bring blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so a really good friend of mine so this is kind of, I laugh, I don't know if he laughs, but we know each other and he calls his girlfriend blah, blah, blah. And I call my guy friend Faceless Love. So neither one of us give up any names on social media. And it's hilarious. That lets you know how, um, how connected, how much fun he and I are together because we are both kind of like, we understand that there's somebody and we give them mad props and mad respect. We do. So there's no hiding it, but it's just kind of funny that we use these kind of random names. So anyway, uh, I hope you come. Vaughn Hinton, I hope you come. I know you're in Atlanta. Let's see who else is on here. Rod is in Tampa, so he's not coming. Henry, if you're in Atlanta, you should come. Michael, I know you're in Pennsylvania. Darren, you should come. So you guys... March 28th at Maduro Cigar Bar in Tampa on Cumberland. You guys should come um, hang out. And it's going to be a live reading, lots of fun, book signing. You're able to buy books and everything. So it's 10 o'clock already. I know we had some technical difficulties. I got a little morbid talking about death and Kobe. Sorry, but it's honest. I mean, that's who I am. So, um Download any past episodes, subscribe to YouTube, and remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels better. Mwah. Thank you for joining me. I'll see you guys in a week. Bye.